Hello, I'm Rebecca, the founder of Trio, and welcome to Pep Talks with Trio. Trio is the leading solution for workplaces to support their people during every life transition, from starting a family to retiring, and every life event in between. On Pep Talks with Trio, we chat to our expert partners for advice on how to best navigate these common, complex, and often messy life stages that happen during our working career. Keep listening as we connect the dots between life and work with the simple aim of education and empowerment. After all, life happens at work. Today on Pep Talks with Trio, we're talking with Lawrence Mitchell, CEO of Wellbeing at Work Asia Pacific and founder of Finding Equilibrium. We'll be discussing the importance of connection and community and how workplaces can create a sense of community. Lawrence, welcome back. Thank you for being here again. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you for having me. It's always great to talk to you. And you. So for those that haven't heard your first podcast with us, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and the work you do, both both at Wellbeing at Work and Finding Equilibrium? Sure. So Wellbeing at Work, our mission, and I don't want to sound like some um, advert here, but you know, our, 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 our mission, our purpose is to help organizations make wellbeing a strategic priority in their organizations. What does that mean? It means talk about it at board level, but apply resources to um, to um, uh, well-being within their, their organization. You know, the way we do the work we do is by building communities in different countries and different cities around the world. And we support the communities by creating events. You know, we do um, a well-being at work summit in about 10 different locations now. You know, personally, I'm responsible for the summits in Australia and in Asia Pacific. So we do, um, we, we had the summit recently uh, in Australia. So one day in Sydney, one day in Melbourne and, um, and, um, and a day online as well. Um, and in April uh, 2023, we'll be doing exactly the same, but one day in Singapore and one day in um, in India. So that's a big part of what we do. But then we also work with individual companies to help them apply the learnings, the best practices um, from um, the leading companies in um, in in this space um, to their own organisations, because it can all seem very um, logical and it all makes sense but as we know when we try and apply it and integrate it that's when um, it can be challenging so we help companies to really overcome those obstacles identify their starting point create a vision that is inspiring for them as leaders but also inspiring for their employees Um, and then we travel with them um, on that journey to really help them create a culture which is very um, supportive of both the well-being of their people but of course the webinar of their customers of their communities and of their business amazing thank you so we have just completed the well-being at work summit um which i found incredibly insightful what would you say were the key trends that came out of that summit yeah i mean it was a really um and i, I should say to you rebecca you know thank you so much for you know being part of it and supporting uh, the event because it was like months and months and months of work and then it all kind of came together and I really enjoyed it. I have to say it was great fun from beginning to end. You know, it was like a lot of um, intensity and, but it was wonderful hearing some of the leading companies in Australia, you know, so we heard, we had the MD of Bunnings speak, for example, in, um, in Melbourne, we had the, um, we had Carmel, um, the, um, leading consultant from KPMG speaking in, in, in Melbourne. You know, we had um, people from um, Unilever, from Qantas, from the biggest companies 
And one thing I noticed was there was a lot more authenticity about what they were saying. There was a lot more sharing from the heart. But I think the overall message that I took away was things are changing. We know that. And some companies are not actually talking about change anymore. They're talking about continuous evolution. And I really like that because it kind of highlights that even like change has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And it's like, now we've changed, now we're back to normal. That's no longer the case. Maybe it never was the case. And we're in this continuous evolution, which means that we as individuals, as leaders, have to be adaptable. We have to be resilient because we have to be in our at our best to be able to support our teams so that they can be adaptable, they can be resilient, they can feel inspired and energized so that we get what we want as organizations, which is strong engagement, retention, attracting you know the best talent in the marketplace so that our business can thrive um, and that that was the the that was a, a huge takeaway and i think the other big takeaway as everyone's really you know we spoke about working from home working in the office trying to get people back why should they come back to, in into the office why can't they just work at home like all of this different policies psychological safety but when it all boils down to it I guess the big realization that I had was that the reason people go into an office, the people, the the the, the reason people go to a, a physical event is because they want to connect with other people. They they want to feel part of something and community is such an important we all need community and we're all part of different communities and what we don't realize of course or many organizations perhaps don't realize is that they have a community lots of communities and if they really nurture those communities and really support those communities then of course they have a thriving culture and culture is the one thing that can't be copied and this is what really excites me about this work is you can copy people's products or other companies products you can copy their advertising their messaging the bill like everything can be copied but you can't copy their culture because the culture is completely unique because it's made up of the people who work in that culture and we all influence the cultures we're part of you know as soon as you've got um, more than one person you have a culture and it's up to you as to whether you want a positive culture that energizes um each member Mm. whether you whether you want to have a negative culture and uh, i say it's up to you because it really is you know and, and that's a choice we all have that choice you know as business owners as business leaders as um, individual contributors we all have a choice as to how we um how we how we react and how we want to um um how we want to work um uh, each and every day it's like the dna of a business isn't it culture you know, and each of the individuals within that business make up, you know, their DNA, like how they show up, make up that culture. Um, but Absolutely. it has to be set, you know, at some point, you know, the the boundaries and the vision and the mission and the, you know, what we will and won't accept, that all has to be set from the top, I guess, which was, you know, that, that authenticity. <laughs> when Carmel spoke um, from KPMG, I was blown away by her honesty transparency and authenticity I was like wow she would be an incredible leader to work under you know because being so authentic herself created such a a sense of safety around being able to show up and I think that you know a lot of those sessions that I attended touched on that sense of psychological safety you know to allow your people to really show up yes 
show up authentically and that was a word that was used a lot as was bring your whole self to work and some of Mm. those other terms but when you see someone like Carmel set in that tone I have to say she was like you when you hear of uh, a partner in KPMG an image comes to mind and it may not be the most human image and because we all know people like that and because she was so human um it was a shock you know it challenged uh, our perception of it but it sets the tone so leadership um sets the tone and that's why i I said it before but i'll say it again because it's so so important that we as leaders have to hold the space for everybody Mm. and so if we're having a bad day and we um we react in a very negative way that then ripples throughout everything and Mm. we've all worked for bosses and we have bosses who are like that we know they've got them on a bad day better not kind of go (laughs) yeah Um, so so it's it's up to us to really maintain a sense of um sense of balance that Mm. word balance came up because at the start of the um of the Sydney summit, we actually asked people, what does well-being mean to you? It's one of those words that has very different um, meanings to different people. Um, and we did a word cloud, like we produced a word cloud, you, you, you may remember. And yeah. the big word that came out in the middle was balance. So well-being means balance. But then you say, well, what does balance mean? Because um, we talk about work-life balance and, and that really is meaningless, really work-life balance. You know, how can, what does that mean? It's like I work eight hours and then I don't work eight hours hours so then i've got a balance of course not you know and this is really what what i've realized is so you know a lot of people do about work-life integration which i also am not a great fan of personally because really work should enhance well-being so like this conversation this is work but this is a nourishing conversation for me so it's also enhancing my well-being so everything we do every task should be nourishing to some extent of course Mm -hmm. there are tasks that won't be nourishing but we've become aware of that and by becoming aware of that we can minimize or prepare ourselves to do those tasks so it doesn't detract from our from our energy Mm -hmm. and and leave us depleted yeah um, when we're looking at sort of that authenticity and uh, community, yeah. we we obviously need the um, boundaries and the culture to be set from the leaders and the top, but we also need the people to get engaged in that community, don't we? You know, like creating, e, you know, e- employee resource groups or creating environments where like-minded people can come together um, because we are working in this hybrid, you know, um, work, you know, or remote work. Not all organisations have yet and will not bring their people back together into an office. Many people don't want to be office based fully anymore. So, you know, we have this sort of hybrid working environment and that is where connection is so important. But it's it's almost like a dual um, requirement where organisations and leaders, you know, we do need to set that culture, but we also need people to come in and to thrive from, from it. They need to... Um, get involved you know they 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 make up that culture too it's not something that's just set and doesn't have an involvement by the people does that make sense you know that kind of voice giving your a voice to the people and for them to show up and get involved and create communities that are meaningful to them um you know a lot of those organizations spoke about having pride communities and you know so people can find their people um and in large organizations that's obviously important yes completely so so i I completely agree so i think if you step 
right back then what 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 i I guess you see is that leaders set the tone of the business Mm. you know they don't necessarily set the culture they set the tone um, and there's work that can be done around the values of the organization and the purpose of the organization because we are that was another big area is that people are looking to work for businesses that have a a deeper purpose if you Mm. like other than uh, other than making making money so that sets the culture that sets the tone you know through their own behavior but then to create a community that thrives they need to have touch points you know whether they're virtual touch points or in-person touch points but people need to be able to um um collide you know so that they can meet and connect and then you get this organic um, evolution and development mm. of um, of ideas and um, and relationships that come out and that's when the community starts to become stronger because mm. people like to you know we hang out with people we like and um, we want to get involved and um, and that's when it starts to to, to become um, a place where people want to stay um because and i worked for one company for 15 years and um, when i look back i realized that um they did a really good job at creating a safe environment the leadership set the tone of the business which meant there were certain behaviors that were acceptable and certain behaviors that weren't and we're talking a business with like thirteen thousand employees so there's a lot of people working there and um, but bit by bit the culture wasn't one culture. There were lots of cultures, like subcultures, mm. um, and but lots of different initiatives that didn't just leave. Because things happen. People find each other. You know, if you're, um, we're all looking for people who are similar to us. So if you're working for a business with thirteen thousand employees, then you'll find people. But what the organisation can do is strengthen that and make it easier. So mm-hmm. one of the things, for example, that um, that happened because I used to run the well-being program um, as well as a marketing program, um, and the, the well-being program, the starting point was just seeing what already happened. You know, so it was like what already happened, and I noticed there was a swimming bus that picked everyone up on a Tuesday, and there was a darts class, and there was a women's, you know, all these little things that were happening, like cottage um, things. But by doing that, my question at the time was, what can we do to strengthen that? How can we make that better? How can we understand what people really want so that we can put some resources behind um, and make that uh, and make that a much more meaningful part of the um, of the um, of the culture and of the of, of the community? Yeah, it's almost it's like creating a collective, isn't it? You know, where. And that collective then also has a meaning and purpose. And I loved the talk by Nathan from the body shop around, you know, getting the people that are working for you, getting them, finding their meaning and purpose in their job. Because if you have purpose and you're showing up to work every day, not just for a paycheck, but because I deeply believe in what we are doing, um, then you have got a highly productive, healthy, happy, well workforce um, that are going to be engaged and stay with you, which in the current climate, you know, we always talk about employee well-being, engagement, retention. How do we get that engagement and that retention of, you know, of our people? And it really was, you know, when you talk about purpose, then, you know, your people can't be headhunted and plucked out because actually there is more to what they are showing up every day for beyond just a salary. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the body shop is a great case study to look at, you know, that was a very inspiring presentation. And, mm. it, and, and I think we all remembered the body shop from years ago, but 
the work they're doing to reinvent yeah. themselves and yeah. is very um you know interesting and, and inspiring yeah and now obviously as businesses and of people, we are going through a very big change and challenging time. And often, um, you know, when there is a downturn or a perceived downturn or, and, you know, this kind of thing is happening, um, often organisations, well-being is one of the areas that organisations start cutting. And I think from um, yeah. the summit, that was, re- it really came through as that's not the right thing to do you know cut employee well-being in a downturn um is not it's it's not a productive you know it's it's not going to benefit the bottom line sort of what what are your takes and insights on that and you know why is it still important in challenging times whether that's from business or individuals to still maintain that focus on well-being yeah completely i think it's not only important it's like critical absolutely critical in all all times and it comes back to what do we mean by well what do we mean by well-being so in good times when businesses are, are flourishing there's a lot of money coming in and people think well okay well we don't need to worry so much about well-being and um, but there are different issues and we do of course in that context because we have issues of overwork and burnout and people need um, support and they need access to uh, tools when the opposite occurs and we're in a very challenging environment and um, as we are now businesses are looking to cut their costs and they need to do that obviously business survival is really important but i think when it comes down to um how you cut the costs, and most importantly, how you communicate to people. This is what sets the business up for success when they come out of a recession. Because when you're very short-term focused, and of course, if you're in a survival mode, it's like, okay, we've just got to survive. And some of the behaviors may not be appropriate or sensitive um, uh, to other people's needs. Mm. If that in that context, that really comes back to bite you. And I've heard many examples. I was looking at a case study the other day. Um, organization cut 20% of its cost, didn't communicate very well why or what the impact was on the people who were, who were staying because their jobs were impacted. And six months later, they had a massive problem with, um, with um, attrition. And mm-hmm. that's a very common story. You know, Again, working for a company for 15 years, I went through lots of different cycles, like every cycle, to be honest, you know, fast decline, <laughs> fast growth, you know, and everything um, in between. And that was one of the big learnings about how to really support the well-being. And by that, it doesn't need to be massive programs or huge expense. But one of the most simple things is about um recognition people feeling valued and if you do have to have difficult conversations like telling somebody that they don't have a job and it's not a conversation that anybody really wants to have there is a way that you can do it you know and i learned that you know there's a way that you can deliver um, a negative negative news in a way which is respectful and sensitive to someone else's needs and you know unfortunately in my career i've done that many many times having worked through all of these different cycles and that's what i learned that in downtimes uh downturns if you really focus on the people and supporting the people giving them hope giving them vision allowing them to almost protecting them like you're creating a psychologically safe environment what does that mean it means you're protecting them to some extent from all the distractions because that's why we're paid as leaders to kind of deal with all of that 
so that we can protect our people so that they can focus on their jobs because their jobs, of course, and their work is actually going to get us out of this gap. <laughs> so yeah. It becomes so a downturn from a well-being point of view and a culture point of view, a community point of view, either brings you together, brings the team together and makes you stronger, or it can pull you apart. And that's why if you really focus on well-being during these uh, these, these these more challenging times, you you will create a much stronger culture that will support you and um, way into the in, into the future. And it really is. And when I say what, what is what aspects do you focus on, it doesn't mean just let's get an app, a mental health app, or something like that. What it really means is focus on the communication, the leadership, and it comes back because communication is what impacts other people. Our words mm. impact other people's behaviour. So what you say is really um, important. So. Um, really being uh, being sensitive to that training our leaders to communicate with heart and with um, empathy mm-hmm. will go a long way to impacting the well-being of their people who will be working you know when, when resources are cut everyone has to do more and it becomes you know even more uncertain and obviously this is challenging but we can get through this and we always get through this and um, and and that's what people need to believe to be able to um keep going through this mm. uh, through this um through these um through these challenging times so that's why and there's more i could say like a no, more no. more initiatives that yeah. we could actually yeah. do um but um you know but well well-being should be a strategic priority in a good term at good times as and well as um, times bad yeah. yeah and where you're when you're then talking about the leadership that really does still go back to being really authentic you know communicate communication and authenticity is crucial and i agree you know in the downturn if you can talk with heart um, and compassion and keep that human net, sort of led focus then you're going to create a really loyal workforce that comes out of it because after every downturn, there's always an upturn. Really? And, you know, if it's you've looked after cycle. your people through that's yeah. right, you know, the downs, you know, then you're going to have a loyal, really productive workforce that stay with you longer term yeah. Um, yeah. because no one wants to leave in a downturn. But if you, they've been treated badly in a downturn, then you've got your high rates of attrition. And we know that the cost of attrition is actually extortionate. You know, some estimations are a sort of 300% of an annual salary because it's not just a recruitment fee that, you you know, that is the cost to an organisation. Um, yeah. yeah, so there's re- retaining your investment in well-being is actually, like you say, a strategic priority yeah. at no, any it, point. Yeah. It really does. And financial, it, it it makes financial sense, like you say, and it comes back to short term, long term. You know, if you think we're just going to kind of focus on this and um, and not really care about the impact, then, of course, um, we, we everything has consequences um, and mm. we'll see those consequences um, down, you know, down the line. Yeah. My last question to you, Lawrence, is what does well-being mean to you? You know, if we look you know, for both from your experience in as, you know, well-being at work, but also your experience across finding equilibrium, um, you know, as, as sort of an individual and a leader, what's, you know, what is well-being? Yeah, well, well for me, because I call the business and my podcast Finding Equilibrium, so 
and as you would expect, you know, well-being for me is equilibrium. You know, it's finding that 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 point of equilibrium, that point of balance for you. And we have we have many different aspects to our life, and it's finding out where we're in and out of balance. So we talked a lot before about leaders need to um, do a lot of work and a lot of pressure because everybody's problem is your problem. Leaders also need their own support system. They need mentors. They need people that they can actually um, speak to that can support them because it's not easy. You know, it's not easy. A lot of people say it's very lonely at the top, and it is and because you are dealing with so many uh, so many moving parts so keeping having your own equilibrium toolkit to really support you every single day becomes non-negotiable those tools are non-negotiable no matter how busy you are Mm. there are certain things that need to happen and i talk about sustainable well-being tools there are a lot of tools that are not sustainable alcohol you know uh, drugs and you know these are destructive uh, but people need to cope you know if you're under so much pressure um, as many um, founders are many leaders are in in this very volatile environment Mm -hmm. then of course they um, they're not focused on some of those good habits you know we start to eat poorly we start to you know not move our bodies in the same way because we're too busy but if we're too busy then of course that consequence will come up will come along later on and we're not um you know, we're not uh, um, we're not as um, as good as we as we could be. So, yeah, yeah. So well being is finding equilibrium. Finding equilibrium is finding balance across. I have a model which has five pillars, um, and those pillars are mindset and emotional well being, which is such a big part of um, of us, our thoughts, our feelings. That uh, physical well being, we've got to obviously look after our body, um, because that is. You know, a big part of our lives. Mm-hmm. Connection is the middle, and that's connection to self, um, having a sense of purpose, as you said before, as well as connection to other people, relationship, also connection to the natural world, you know, really um, having a relationship with um, other forms of nature. Mm-hmm. The, the fourth area is financial well being. We know this is such an important driver, you know, arguably the foundation of well being because um, many people, uh, many people are struggling with, um, you know, increasing interest rates, increased um, inflation, and, you know, uncertainty. And that has a, an impact on our mental health, um, which will then impact our physical health. And then the last pillar, which arguably is the most, um, the most valuable because it's finite, it's time. Um, and how do we use the 24 hours or 16 waking hours we have every day um, to really create a wonderful life? Because those hours are our lives. You know, yeah. someone, someone once said to me, like, when you look at someone's gravestone, you see two dates and a little dash in between. That little dash is our life. And that really, like, hit me. And I thought, wow you know it goes really quickly so we want to be enjoying our life and work is what we do every day so if we're not enjoying our work then we're not enjoying our life so it's so important that work um brings us well-being and as well as you know brings us well-being in all of those those pillars that i just outlined Mm. That's so true, isn't it? And as a leader, it's, you know, there's that fine balance between organizations obviously need to implement and look after the well-being of their people. But as leaders as well, um, you know, we spoke about energy before, you know, and as how I always sort of think 
your vibe affects your tribe. So as a leader, how leaders show up has that ripple effect in terms of how their teams feel. But we know that many, many people are suffering from burnout at the moment, you know, because of all of the things that are happening. And one of the factors of burnout is a lack of energy. And so, you know, if you are depleted yourself, you can't show up in the world and lead in the way that you want, which therefore has this ripple effect on those around you. So, you know, well-being really is this two-way, this constant two-way uh, responsibility that or an organization gives their people the space and the um, the safety to and the tools to have a well environment, but also we take it upon ourselves to, to that we have a responsibility to look after ourselves. And I guess that that is, you know, making sure that dash in the middle of those two numbers, we never know when that next number is, <laughs> is as fulfilling and purposeful as possible, um, you know, and not sort of outsourcing, you know, well, I expect somebody else to take the responsibility for my well-being. Yes, I expect them to provide me with a safe, well environment, but I also have to take responsibility for my well-being and how I show up. Completely. And there's a lot that we are in control of because often we don't feel that we're in control of our lives or we don't have mm. choices, but we do. You know, we choose what we put in our body. We choose what we put on our body. And those choices will have an impact. And um, we choose what we bring into our minds. You know, our mm. minds, what we allow into our minds, our body has to digest it. So, you know, do we allow... Um, negative news etc come in our mind all the time because that's going to impact our well-being that's not going to um that's not going to bring us in uh, bring us into a state of equilibrium and um, one of the speakers you you may remember steve griffiths he he had a very simple model which is about above the line and below the line which is very yeah. similar to this whole point of equilibrium you know are you are the things that you're doing bringing you above the line or are they bringing you below the line? And if they're bringing you below the line, then stop doing them. And mm -hmm. to stop doing them, you've got to become aware that you're doing them because often we just do these things and we're not even aware that it's actually taking our energy, bringing us lower and lower and mm -hmm. um, below the line. So um, the more, and I find that very inspiring personally, because it means that we're empowered. You know, we, we, um, we can um, influence our, experience of life mm. through our own choices choices of course events happen that impact us but we can react better to those events if we're in um, a state of equilibrium and um, if we and there's no there's a lot of different tools for each of those different pillars you know if i share what i do just to support my own um equilibrium you know i meditate every day because that's something that I find incredibly um, beneficial. So that's a non-negotiable. I move my body every day. Like I'm, I'm a big runner, so that's a non-negotiable. So I have these things that are non-negotiable that I kind of fit in and I try and do them as efficiently as possible. Food is a really big um, component. So I'm mm -hmm. very aware of, um, of um, you know, the quality and what I put in my body because if, if it makes me feel you know um lethargic then i'm not going to be able to do the work i need to do so and it and it doesn't have to be again it's balance it doesn't 
doesn't have to be super strict and purist. I've been there before, whereas now I'm like an 80-20 person. You know, it's like 80% of the time I'll do good, you know, the things that I feel are, are supporting my energy, keeping me above the line. And then 20% of the things will bring me a little bit below the line. And that's fine. You know, as long as I don't sink too too far, I can then get myself back into equilibrium because it's all about balance. It's all about living um, a life which, um, you know, which, um which brings you joy you know mm. you joy and if you're in a joyous mood then of course that will impact everyone else as we've been saying you know if you're leading a whole team your joyous mood will have an will have an, a positive impact it will have a positive impact on your family it will have a positive impact on your community and so forth whereas if you're below the line then all of your energy will need to go just to get to the line <laughs> yeah <laughs> to be able to function you know and i know it's easy so easier said than done but that's what we do you know that's what we really do is to help people understand their starting point where are you above the line below the line in each of those five pillars mm-hmm. and what can we do or what can you do um to support yourself and that question always starts with does it really matter like do you want to get above the line because some people may not want to and it's all about choice and i'm a great mm-hmm. supporter of that it's fine you know if you don't want to you don't have to we all have a choice in life and uh, um and um making that choice consciously of course is very um liberating because at least you're saying okay i don't want to i'm quite happy doing what i'm doing just leave me alone and that's fine fine yeah no, no issue at all no issue at all we don't all have to do the same thing we don't all have to you know be exactly the same you know, I think one of the richnesses and the great things about living in our culture, our broad culture, is the fact that we are individuals, but we are part. We are part of a collective, and um, the the individuals. And we heard this a lot around diversity and inclusion um, and belonging. Is one thing that really um, enhances the community and the culture. It's feeling included, and um, no matter what your your background is. That yeah. you feel that um, you belong there and you can show up in an authentic way and you don't have to hide um, part of who you are. Yeah. Lawrence, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. Um, human connection is obviously in our DNA <laughs> and community, I think, is, you know, is so important. And I, and I love that um, organisations really are looking at how do they create community, that collective, and really move the dial on culture and well-being because you know that's that is the I think the way that we're going to have healthy and well workplaces um that can thrive even in these you know challenging times yes no I completely agree and I think we have a real opportunity as a collective now Mm. and workplaces do have access to you know hundreds of thousands of people so if we can really help workplaces to um support their people and support themselves then of course we'll create um, uh, cultures and communities uh, that are thriving. That are thriving. Yeah, Yeah. thriving thriving. individuals, thriving businesses, thriving communities, and then a thriving economy. And there you go. (laughs) So I think that's the way the way out of all of this challenging time is start with the people, let them thrive, and uh, you know we can be bouncing back out of this sooner than we know. Let's hope. (laughs) Yeah, for sure, for sure. Thank you so much for your time. It's thank you so much, Rebecca. To you. Yeah, no, great, wonderful talking to you. And thank you, everybody, for listening. I look forward to 
uh, to uh, to to speak into you again and if people want to um want, want to find out more about about me then linkedin is probably the best uh, the, the the best place um uh, or wellbeingatwork.world i will make sure that all of these links are in the bottom of the podcast so people can find you Wonderful. thanks rebecca Thank you for listening. To find out more about how Trio can support your people, visit trio.com.